Some of you may know that one of my favorite things to do is watch TV. I don't like a lot of TV shows, but I like movies. And every once in a while, I'll be sitting there watching TV and realize that there's a movie coming on on another channel, and I'll reach for my remote control, and it won't be within my reach. I'll be at the couch, and for some reason, the remote control will be sitting up beside the television. So I do what any good father would do. I say, Isabel, come get my remote control, thinking that she's going to come get my remote control for me. And the response that I get is, Dad, I'm busy, meaning I have to get up and go get the remote control myself. Now, you might think, oh, we're going to talk today about having to do things ourselves. Actually not. What I really wanted to point out there is that, that there's a, a timeline that we're on as a people, and on that timeline, there's oftentimes a gap from where we're at to where we want to get to. But if we walk with Jesus, we have the promise that we will get to where we're going and we will be, we will be blessed in that time in between. Today's passage of Scripture comes from the book of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. This is where Jesus heals the ten lepers. Now, on his way to Jerusalem... Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he had healed, or he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, we come before you, and again, thank you for this opportunity that you have given us to gather in your house. And Father, we just ask that you be with us today, to send your spirit into this house, to, to, to lighten our hearts, to bring joy and peace to worried and troubled souls, to help us celebrate in the victory today that, that you have already given us. And Father, today I ask that you be with me. Empty me, Father God, of my own desire to speak, but, but fill me with your spirit that I may speak words that are pleasing to you that would edify your church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Last week we began talking about what, what, what I refer to as the active duty Christian, the person who is so immersed in the culture of Christianity that they desire to obey the ordinance of God. We talked about the importance of tithing, and I told we talked that tithing was 10%, and anything above 10% is what we refer to as an offering. And the scripture that we read told us to put God to the test. That was God's word. That was not the author's words. God spoke to the people and said, test me on this. Put your tithe in the storehouse and I will open up the windows of heaven and I will pour out blessings upon you. So 
as a test to God, I, I went and I put some more money in the offering plate. You saw me do it so that I could say before you that I'm testing God, that I'm putting him to the test, and I challenge you to do the same. And I said that I would come back and report to you about the wonderful blessings that God did on my behalf throughout this week. And would you believe that before the service was over, God had already blessed me? See, some weeks ago I had went and, I know, a little vain, vanity on my part, I went and ordered a new suit. And they said there was going to be eight weeks before that suit would come in. And I was only on week number four. And before the service was over, my phone was sitting here and I saw that it was ringing. And I saw the telephone number on it, but I didn't recognize the number. And they left a message. So when everyone had just about cleared out of the sanctuary, I, I checked the messages, and it was the people who were making my suit to tell me that it arrived four weeks early. That was a blessing from God. I couldn't even get out the doors before God could bless me. And then it continued on from there. I wanted to go out to uh, Coxboro Lighthouse. I've been trying to get out there for months to get an up-close picture because in my mind, an up-close picture of that lighthouse was the greatest thing in the world. But you know what? Over the past few months, on Facebook, the little Tybee Island group that I'm involved with, everyone is going out to, to Coxboro Lighthouse and getting the big blown-up picture. But Monday, I was determined I was going to go. I felt that God had a blessing for me, and the weather wasn't perfect. So I put in at Lazaretta Creek and made my way down the creek over to the Savannah River, and the winds were blowing. The tide was coming in, and when I got to that part where the creek meets the river, the tide was so strong and the waves were, were so violent for my little boat that, that it was pushing me against the shore where the uh, people had been dumping dredge. So I didn't make it to the island. But I got out and I stood on all the shells and everything else that had been piled up there and began taking pictures of the lighthouse in a distance. And I was able to get what I would consider an even more spectacular picture than what I thought I had. And the week went on, just one blessing after another blessing after another blessing. And I will say, because I trust God with my finances, and that not every blessing that, that he sends us is money. It's not always financial. But he works in our lives to, to give us the things that we enjoy. His word says, I will give you the desire of your heart. And we see that here when Jesus is traveling along the borders of Samaria and Galilee. As he's walking, he, he sees the, the ten lepers and he hears them crying out from a distance. Master, please have pity on us. Now what most people don't know is that when a person in biblical times was diagnosed with leprosy, they weren't allowed to live in the community. They were, they were considered outcasts because they didn't want the, the disease to spread. So here are these people standing on the outskirts of town, isolated from the rest of humanity. Some from Galilee, some from Samaria. And it was no secret in those days that the Galileans and the Samaritans didn't get along. But we find it almost ironic that the two groups of people that didn't get along found a common thread in their illness. 
found a common thread in their desire to be healed. And Jesus saw the people standing there in their need, and he heard the cry. And, you know, he didn't heal them right there on the spot. He didn't. He, he gave them a command. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want all ten of you to go to the priest and present yourselves. Now, you say, well, that's kind of odd. If they're lepers and they don't want to spread the disease to, to other people in the community, why would Jesus tell these people who are afflicted to go see the priest? They would have to pass into the town, passing by the people, going into the temple and risk contaminating everyone else. The first thing we want to notice here is that, that there's a circumstance or a situation that, that we don't like, that's uncomfortable, but we also understand and recognize that these people are trusting Jesus for a miracle. And that is part of the life of the active duty Christian, that we expect God to do certain things. Now, we don't expect it because we deserve it, we expect it because God said he would do certain things in life. He said, I'll never leave or forsake you. He said, I will open up the, the windows of heaven and pour down blessings upon you. And time and time again throughout Israel's history, he has shown us that, that if we walk by faith and not by sight, that if we answer his call and do what he commands, that he will perform mighty miracles in our lives. You see what the most people don't understand about this circumstance here is that it was Jewish law that, that when a person received a healing, they didn't just go on about their lives. They had to present themselves to the priest to confirm that that healing occurred. But the healing didn't come until the ten followed the command. The healing came when Jesus said, go and present yourself to the priest. Take that step of faith. Trust me in what I'm saying to you. Believe me when I call you. And as they stepped off and began their journey to the priest, they received their healing. You see, I think sometimes as Christians, what we want is for God to put the evidence out there before us, and then we respond. But all too often, God does just the opposite. He tells us, go, then you'll be blessed. And I think the importance in that lesson is this, is that, that God has to know that, that we are an obedient people, that we trust him. In the life that we live. And you see, that is something to be excited about. Now, I can't speak for you. Actually, I can speak for you because some of you have told me your stories. And you know that this is true. God doesn't always answer our prayer with a yes. Sometimes he answers our prayer with a no. But we maintain our faith. Not that God is, should do what we want him to do, but what God is doing is what's right for us. You see, in our lives, we can't always see past tomorrow and see how God is working. It's a fact of life. I spend six months of my life 
every year as a pastor, not just here, but everywhere I go, doing this, being happy and content for the first six months because I know that in the second six months I'm faced with a decision or somebody that has authority over me is faced with a decision. So I, st- I spend six months being content and happy then the other six months wondering what the l- is going to be waiting for me at the end of the next six months. Am I going to have to make a decision that's going to take my family somewhere else or is someone going to make that decision on my behalf? I never know. So what we learn to do is this, is discipline our hearts and minds to be content with where we're at because we can't not control tomorrow. But we know that God is always working. We know that God is always doing something good. And we find that assurance in the book of Proverbs. You know what? If you're not in the habit of reading Scripture daily, let me recommend the book of Proverbs. Because there is one chapter in the book of Proverbs for every day of the month. And if we took the time to read one chapter a day, By the end of the month, we would have read an entire book. And the Proverbs is a wonderful book of wisdom and knowledge and gives a lot of insight into who God is and how he acts in our life. But Proverbs 23, 17 through 19 says this, Do not let your hearts envy sinners, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. Is that not good news? That, that no matter what today looks like, I can choose to be happy. Today I can choose to celebrate the blessings that God has given. And I can choose to celebrate my future because the Word of God says that there is a future. And that my future will not be cut off. It says, listen, my son, and be wise. Set your heart on the right path. And that is the path of righteousness. It's the path that that we're often on, but yet we have to choose how we respond to it. Choose life, choose love, and choose God, no matter what that path brings you. Because God is bringing you to a future that you don't yet fathom. Because we as a people in our mind like to decide what tomorrow is going to look like. But I think that sometimes we as a people find disappointment because life doesn't turn out that way. And then there's a, there's a lull in life in that time of disappointment before there's a, a, a new excitement in life. I'm going to share with you something really personal here. But I'm going to tell you first my stance on something. I don't argue with people, not even my own children. And if they are set in their mind that that something's going to happen, and I've already explained to them something's not going to happen, I'm not going to keep arguing with them. I'm going to let them just keep believing that something's going to happen. So Rebecca wanted to go to SCAD. We all knew that. And we couldn't convince her that, that, that SCAD is not a reality because there's not resources for it. But it was in her heart and in her mind that that that's what was going to happen. And that's what she was going to do. Well, she lived many days with that excitement and that expectation. Because that was her plan. But when the day came that you had to put your resources to to the table, she found out not only was it possible, but it wasn't even feasible. 
and it was heartbreaking. And as a parent, it broke my heart but because I couldn't do anything. But, but you know what? I think God experiences the same thing with us. That when he sees us as a people, desire something so strongly that he knows is not going to happen, that, that he tells us that it's not going to happen, but we don't listen. We don't have the ears to hear. And then when that disappointment comes, I think it breaks his heart also. But you know what happened with her? I gave her a few weeks, and then I did the Marine Corps thing. I walked into a room one day and said, okay, Becky Grace, this house is going to be time to suck it up. It's time to get past it. It's not going to happen. didn't happen. It's time to move forward. You have to put forth the effort to find a life. God has promised. He has said this to Israel. I put two roads before you, one road that leads to life, one road that leads to death. You choose which one that you want to be on. Choose. Make a choice. And she chose the gift of life. And I have, as a father, so proud of her. Because she overcame the disappointment of what she did not get and started moving daily into a life that is pleasing to her. When she let go of that fantasy and took hold of reality and God, life began changing for her. She started going to the gym. She started caring about her own self without daddy being there to, to push her along. She started making friends. And she spends more time with daddy now than she did in the past. And she's looking to the reality of what college she can attend. And can I show you what blessings God has put in her way now? And, and again, I don't know the future for her. But I see God working in her life. Because she wants to seek a, a degree in psychology. And, and she has this thing about profiling people like the police officers do, and I don't know where she got that from. But it seems like here lately, every time she turns around, she runs into a GBI agent who talks to her about the field of psychology and how it works in law enforcement. How it, those small blessings inspire her to, to move forward and to love the life that you have. See, it's just like the, the, the ten lepers here that were healed. They didn't receive their healing until they started walking toward what it was Christ called for them to do. And what she is finding is that on that journey, that there are small things in life in between that, that time of disappointment to the, to the time that, that she completes one goal that, that brings joy and peace to her life. And you know what? She don't have to go to a priest to be confirmed in her walk. Because for us as a people, there is only one mediator now between man and God, and that is the person of Jesus Christ. And Christ is the only one that she has to answer to. But she can be like the nine. Or even we could be like the nine. Who receive the blessing that God gives us. And go on with our lives and put God in the rearview mirror.
10 were sent to be healed. 10 were sent to be confirmed in that healing. But only one came back praising. And Christ recognized that. He said to the one who, who came back and said, thank you for, the, for this blessing that you've given me. Thank you for the, for the healing. Thank you for, for putting me on that path. He said to him, we're not ten cent, where are the other nine? Remember the mighty blessings that God has done for you. Because he's not finished yet. Immerse ourselves in the lifestyle of Christianity. Immerse. Surround ourselves with, with people who are uplifting and speak words of truth, words of hope, and words of inspiration. True that we as a people are to love everyone around us, but we are to protect the things that God has given us, and that includes our own sanctity, our own quality of life. Proverbs tells us also that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Now, I think we all know what it's like to, to be hopeful about something and not see that, that thing being fulfilled. Or maybe we see it being fulfilled, but, but if you're like me, you're lacking patience to, 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 to wait for it to happen. Kind of like a kid on Christmas morning where you can't wait for Santa to come and, and you wake up and you'll find all the gifts under the tree, but you have to start snooping around the house and, and see what Santa has hidden everywhere for you. And then you get aggravated and frustrated because, well, you can't find it. Or when you do find it and you got brothers or sisters, you're wondering, hmm, is that for me or is that from somebody else in my household? But on that morning, when we wake up and we see those gifts up under the tree, and we see the ones that are, are set over here for my sister Susan or, or the ones who are set over here for my sister Katie or the ones over here for my, my brother Chris. But, you know, and, and they all look good. But, but my eyes are focused on the ones that are set over here for Tommy because Tommy knows those blessings belong to him. And God works in the same way in our spiritual lives. He knows what we desire. And it is his desire to, to bring us to that point of fulfillment. Sometimes it takes weeks. Sometimes it takes years. But enjoy the journey. Because it is there you will experience God in every step of the walk. We go back to visit Jacob for just a minute. If we remember the story of, about Jacob, he, he conned his brother out of his birthright, then he stole the blessing that uh, was promised to him as being the firstborn son, and, and his father Isaac sent him away and said, go back to the land that your mother come from, go you, because your brother is out to get you, not really happy with what you've done, said, but while you're there, find yourself a wife. And on his journey to his uncle's house, 
he becomes weary because he's tired of the walk or he's tired of the journey from point A to point B. And he comes to a point that the sun is getting ready to go down. He pulls up a rock and he lays down and puts his head on that rock. And in his slumber, he begins to dream. It says that there is a ladder extending from the earth into heaven. And on that ladder, Jacob saw the angels as they were going up and down, back and forth, from earth to heaven, from heaven to earth. And then at the top stood the Lord God Almighty. And he spoke words of hope and inspiration to Jacob. He said, you know that land that I promised your grandfather Abraham? That land where I said that that you will occupy and you will own. That land where your people will multiply and become so vast that it'll be like dust upon the earth. That that, that land or that promise, that blessing that, that I then gave from Abraham to your father, Isaac, I now give to you. And when Jacob woke, he woke with a new passion in life. He wasn't just going away for his own protection. He wasn't just going away to find a wife. But but he knew at that time that, that he was going away to be prepared for the blessing that God had him later on in life. Because God spoke the words of truth to him that, that on this day, I promise you that, that not only will I give you back that land that was promised to your ancestors, but I will bring you back to it. And if we treat our life in the same manner that Jacob treated his experience with God, then we too can be brought back to that land of blessing that God has called us to. And that, my friends, is the good news. Because when that blessing is fulfilled, Hope is confirmed. Faith is strengthened. And praise to God Almighty for all that he has done will be given. And we will know as a people that our roots in our faith, just like a tree, will be planted firmly and deeply in the Lord God Almighty. So I guess what I'm saying is this today. Every one of us has a path that God has us on. Hear the call and don't be scared to answer it. Because just like Jacob, you won't go alone. step back on faith. God will strengthen and encourage and bring you to a land that he has deemed delightful. Let us pray.
Father God, I come before you today again and thank you for this opportunity that you have given us to gather in your house. And Father, help us to find the strength and the faith to, to face tomorrow, today. Help us to hear your voice as you send us, Father God, out into the world to do your will. To not just perform the task that, that bring hope and healing to others but that we step out on faith to receive the blessings, Father God, that, that you have for us. And that as we walk toward that healing, or as we walk toward that hope, empower us to know that our walk will bring, bring glory to you and fulfillment to our lives as we trust you above all else. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let us go forth today, not just trusting and obeying, but knowing that, that God is ever-present and that his hope for us lives in our heart and that we can live today with the passion and power of knowing that God is ready and willing to fulfill. In Christ's name we pray, amen.